Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill Apter, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. And welcome to Wrestling with Problems. I'm your host, King David Lane. That's King David Lane on just about every social media platform. So give me a like, follow, and request, and I will most likely get a turn. And I'm here to talk what else but wrestling. You gotta get some seamless self promotion on the way first, though, however. Get your Wrestling with Problems shirt. That's all right. Get your Wrestling with Problems shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com. Again, that's Wrestling with Problems shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com. Uh, if you need the actual direct link, you can just go to my Twitter page at King David Lane. There's a pinned tweet. So you can just click on that link and get your wonderful shirt like the one I'm wearing right now. It's wonderful. Did I mention it's wonderful? Because it's wonderful. Also, you can get your VLC Nation shirt also at Pro Wrestling Tees. So definitely uh, go get that as well. If you want to see King David Lane do stuff all over social media, I'm King David Lane pretty much everywhere. So just uh, give me like all the firm requests and I'll probably give you one turn. Also, like King David Comedy, that's comedy with a K on most major social media platforms as well. Uh, we're starting to open the world back up. The world of comedy is starting to open up. We hopefully will have an announcement about four improv shows. So uh, follow me on social media for that. As well as starting to get some stand-up shows going too. And of course, we do have my open mic every week, Wednesday nights at Deep Performance Comedy Field in Middlebury, here in Indiana. So check that out as well. Again, that is free every Wednesday night. Doors open at 7 Central. Uh, show starts between 8 and 8.30. You know, we, we like to give you a range more than official time because, you know, it's an open mic. So, you know. Anyway, let's get into the world of wrestling. Uh, I mentioned before on this show, I'm a big fan of AEW. AEW is probably my favorite promotion. Uh, actually, Major League Wrestling is probably number two. WWE is probably three, and if you combine all its various forms. Uh, but I do enjoy wrestling. The last few years of WWE has been quite a slog for me in a lot of ways. Don't get me wrong; I'm not saying that there's nothing that WWE produces that I like. It's just they produce so much content now. There's just not nearly enough of the stuff that I like out of all the stuff I have to sit through because they have you know three hours of three plus hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown, 
in addition to all the stuff that I'm not going to watch, like main event, etc. But also, there's two hours of NXT, there's NXT UK. So it is rough trying to navigate the entirety of the WWE universe. However, they do know how to put on a major show. Uh, very rarely am I ever disappointed by a WrestleMania event, and very rarely am I disappointed by an NXT TakeOver event. So uh, they had both of those in the last week, and both of those were two-night events. So as someone who doesn't watch a lot of stuff live, I had a hell of a time this weekend trying to get through all of it. Because in addition to uh, all my stand-up and improv obligations, we still have been rehearsing a little bit. Even though, you know, a lot of stuff moved online, there still has been some occasional in-person appearances and stuff, and we're starting to amp back up into live stuff. So trying to get through roughly three, six, ten hours of wrestling in addition to a lot of the other weekly stuff has been rough. Anyway, I did manage to sit through it, and I decided to be somewhat healthy doing it. So instead of just sitting and watching it on my couch or in my lounger, I decided I was going to spend most of my time watching it on my exercise bike. If you do follow me on Facebook, I do do 90 minutes on the bike most days. I did a lot more than 90 uh, <laughs> the last few days. I still did my 90-minute workouts, but uh, rather than just sitting and eating, I decided that I was going to you know, do a little extra on the bike. So I slowed down the pace just a little bit, just a tad, because I, I try to average 20 or more miles an hour for that 90 minutes, so I probably got it down to maybe 718 or anything above that. But I finally got through the slog. I went through it, and I got through WrestleMania TakeOver. And I actually had a pretty good time uh, getting through it all. NXT TakeOver, I always expect to be good, so uh, that wasn't that surprising to me. WrestleMania, I, I didn't know how it was going to be. Uh, on the one hand, I had the vibe that I was liking how a lot of these matches were shaking out. Uh, I did like how, uh, even though it was two-night event, there was a lot of good stuff. Hopefully, to enjoy on both nights. Uh, the celebrity involvement, which is the key, I think, in a lot of ways, WrestleMania seemed good because the Bad Bunny, I had high expectations for. Unlike a lot of celebrities going in, I had no interest in, although there was another celebrity who I had no interest in was on the next night, but we'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, Bad Bunny, I had high expectations for. Uh, let's just go in on, we're not going to break down every match uh, because we'd be here forever. <laughs> but I am going to break down a little bit of some of my favorite things that happened on the show. Uh, Bobby Lashley defeated Drew McIntyre. I was actually a little bit surprised by that. Uh, but, you know, I liked it. Uh, if you if you had a chance to uh, see somebody or hear some of the rumors or some of the uh, after the show stuff, Bobby Lashley actually did go to half, uh, go to the end zone of the football field and sort of bowed it to the fans, show its appreciation. So that was a nice little event for that. And speaking of that, there was a lot of that kind of stuff that happened at WrestleMania, especially with this being the first show back with live fans in over 13 months. It was nice to have a lot of these, you know, secret moments if you did manage to go to the show that you got to see or if you see on Twitter and other social media platforms, you get to see that stuff. So that was pretty good, too. At any rate, uh, that was a good match. I enjoyed it. Natalia and Tamina won a uh, sort of gauntlet tag team turmoil match for the a shot at the women's tag team title match. A lot of good work in that match as well. Uh, 
had nothing negative to say about it. I'm not a huge fan of Tamina, though. Especially not at this point. She's She actually uh, did seem to step up in the uh, over the course of WrestleMania. I'll give her that. She seemed to be kind of limited as she gets, has gotten a little bit older and limited in her range. Uh, she's not as athletic as she was when she was younger. Of course, most people aren't. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I was not a huge fan of seeing her having such a prominent position. But she did do some nice things over the course of WrestleMania, so I do want to uh, give a prop to that. Because if I criticize somebody or say I don't want to see somebody or if less interested, but they pleasantly surprised me, I like to give the credit the other way too. So. Uh, she did step up over WrestleMania, and I do think it was ended up being worthwhile having her in it, especially uh, considering family history and stuff like that. It was nice to let her have a nice uh, moment at WrestleMania. Uh, Cesaro defeated Seth Rollins. That was a little bit, a little bit of a surprise. I thought Seth Rollins would pull it off. Cesaro had, quote, never had a singles match at WrestleMania, and this was his moment to shine, so he got his big moment, so that was great. AJ Styles and almost ended up defeating the New Day for the Raw Tag Team Championship. Kind of saw that coming. Uh, almost uh, was very, very solid in the ring. Anytime you get a giant dude that's seven foot or taller, you expect him to be terrible, generally, at least I do. Uh, he didn't do a lot of things, but what he did was solid, and, and I enjoyed it. So uh, they did a good job producing his match. And, uh, of course, AJ Styles, you know, it was going to make everything look good and cool. so are Kofi as well. So, uh, and Xavier Woods is always tends to be very, very solid as well. So, uh, I was expecting this match to be decent. It was, it was about what I expected. Almost was probably slightly better than I expected. Uh, I will notice this though his, his arms look much bigger than I expected. Usually, those basketball players don't have those big arms other than, other than the occasional Shaq or somebody like that. So, Maybe it's because he, had, I think he had been wearing long sleeve shirts the whole time. So I was a little bit surprised when I saw him, you know, with guns out. So uh, anyway, he, he impressed me a little bit. I, I am curious to see, can he do a little bit more? Did he do a good job protecting him in that match? Uh, Braun Strowman defeated Shane McMahon. Traditional, you know, sort of monster match versus, you know, quick guy trying to hit and run and trying to beat people. But overall, this match was about uh, what I expected. It was about 11 minutes long. Uh, they did a good job telling the story, and of course, Braun finally got his revenge. Uh, Bad Bunny and Dreamy and Priest. This was like, out of all the matches on both nights, I did have ex- high expectations, despite the fact there was a quote celebrity in the match. But the surprise wasn't that Bad Bunny was good, even though he, even the high expectations for I, I had for him were exceeded. Because you know I was expecting some you know some some high spots and stuff like that, but like you know. Uh, Maestro cradle and you know doing a flip with his legs around the dude's head and spinning around and all that kind of stuff. I can't even think of I can't think of the name name of that move off the top of my head. I feel like once one of the announcers I complain about it that one but, uh he did a lot of different things that were all athletic and looked good. And of course the Puerto Rican destroyer uh, as well. I was not expecting him to carry the entire beginning of the match, especially, but he pretty much carried the match as far as the team. Usually when you have these celebrity matches, celebrity tag match, you have a wrestler in there so they can actually sort of uh, do most of the work. They did literally the exact opposite. Now, I'm hearing that Damian Priest has a bad back. That's part of the reason why Bad Bunny ended up carrying a match. But if you had told me beforehand, a celebrity's going to have to carry the match and the wrestler's not going to do the work, 
I would have told you it probably going to be a bad match uh, other than Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny stepped up, and he looked like a legitimate wrestler in the match. Most celebrities can't do that. You occasionally have some celebrities that can do some nice spots. Like when Snooki was in WrestleMania, you could tell she was in wrestling. She did have that, you know, a couple of nice flips and stuff like that. But Bad Bunny put on a good match. Snooki did a couple good things. Bad Bunny had a good match. Huge difference. Uh, Bianca Belair, Shasha Banks was probably one of the best stories of the weekend. Uh, two women headlining WrestleMania, uh, uh, main event in the WrestleMania night. On top of that, two black women. I hadn't even, I hadn't even thought about that when it happened. Two black women uh, had the main event at WrestleMania. So uh, that was, you know, history made. I didn't even think about it until Michael Cole announced it. Normally, that kind of stuff I would at least be somewhat aware of even if even if i wasn't you know directly aware i'd be like i wonder if this is the first time yep turns out it was the first time and they did a great job with it they brought down the house uh bianca belair showed her star potential sasha banks you know her her credit was you know always there anyway i almost want to complain about sasha banks being called on social media uh sort of happy sort of cheerful looking after losing the match. They didn't show it on TV, obviously, but if you follow social media stuff, it's a little bit of a breaking of kayfabe. But, you know, two women, two black women, main event in WrestleMania, even though she lost the match, it was kind of impressive, so I can't go over the top and be that mad about her. Bianca Belair showed her emotion. She was ready. She was on the verge of tears at the beginning of the match, and and then she still managed to pull it together and, and show out like the star she is. So hats off to Bianca Belair, just really putting a great cap on Grace first night of the WrestleMania. Uh, I've seen people comparing the two nights of WrestleMania. I do have to agree. Uh, night one was actually better than night two, but night two was not bad by any stretch. But night one was the better uh, night overall. And I do think that the Bianca Belair Sasha Banks match was a better main event than the main event for night two. Not that night two main event was bad. It's just I think Bianca Belair, her winning her title for the first time was a better story than anything else, even though you did have the three guys whose careers potentially could have been over. All those guys had been main eventers for a while and had been champions. So it's, it still was a little bit lacking as far as, uh, well, I don't even want to say lacking. I'm saying uh, since everybody had been a champion, whoever won that or whoever lost it, 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 it didn't really feel as important overall because they all have their legacy, so it's set art. So uh, but anyway, we'll, we'll get into night two now. Randy Orton defeated The Fiend. That was definitely an interesting match. They had some uh, great effects with the jack-in-the-box starting off the match and Fiend sort of popping out of it. The ending of the match with Alexa Bliss sort of... Uh, Oozing that black liquid was interesting. I was confused at first. I was like, is she bleeding or what? But it was a great visual. So it's I kind of expected that to be a cinematic match. And the fact that it wasn't, they still found a way to add some interesting visible elements to it. So I did really enjoy uh, the story they told there. The winning, the, the ending as far as Randy Orton winning the match didn't really make a lot of sense. That seemed kind of stupid. <laughs> but it wasn't enough to ruin the match in the overall setting for me. I didn't like it, but it didn't ruin it for me. It just, it just sort of aggravated me. 
Uh, Nia Jack, Shayna Baszler defeated Natalya and Tamina by uh, basically Natalya got choked out <laughs> after uh, she put uh, Nia Jax into the uh, sharpshooter. And then, of course, Shayna Baszler just came in and just choked her out. So, uh, solid match. Uh, like I said, I had low expectations with Tamita being in it. Natalia expected solid work from uh, Shayna Baszler's great worker. Nia Jax kind of hit and miss. She does a great job sort of being a monster, but she's she's like she's sloppy at times. So overall, this match was very, very solid, though. Kevin Owens defeated Sam Zayn with Logan Paul. I didn't give a crap about Logan Paul at any point. I know he's the guy that's on YouTube and does some stuff. He's a celebrity. Still didn't give a crap about him. Um, this I don't know. It's like even though I like Kevin Owens and I like Sami Zayn, I just wasn't all that excited about this match. It feels like both of these guys have sort of floundered in recent times. So this match happened. We've seen this match a bunch of times already. I didn't feel like I needed to see it again, even with the quote Logan Paul thing being added to it. So they did solid work like they always did, but I was not impressed by this match in any way, shape, or form. Sheamus defeated Riddle. Uh, apparently, I'm seeing that Riddle wasn't even supposed to have the belt, but it was supposed to go to Keith Lee, so they ended up having to give it to somebody else because they had to give it off Bobby Lashley. Uh, there was some great work in this match, though. This angle seemed a little bit thrown together, but this match was very, very good work on both gentlemen's side. Of course, Riddle still has some allegations that are very, very concerning. Uh, well, civil litigation, so hopefully that'll get settled. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, like I said, they're terrible, and we've discussed that on a show before. Uh, anytime you see something like that, you actually hope that it's not true, just because you hope that somebody didn't go through that, but Again, I, w- I take all these expectations seriously. And like I said, like I discussed on the show before, I'm not going to get into it. Uh, next, we had a Nigerian drum fight for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. I, don't, I still don't think anybody knows what a Nigerian drum fight is. <laughs> they barely, if I don't even really remember them using the drum. They used, for some reason, they had kendo sticks in a Nigerian drum fight. That was weird. Uh, Anyway, Apollo Crews defeated Big E with the help of a, of a large gentleman who I assume was part of his guard. Hopefully we'll find out what this guy's name is. Uh, but Apollo Crews ended up winning the Intercontinental Championship. The match was only like seven minutes long. So that was kind of weird. Next, we got Rhea Ripley defeat Asuka. Singles match for WWE Raw Championship. Uh, good match, good work. The ending seemed thrown together. Uh, it's almost like, you know, sometimes when a match, when you, when you have somebody winning their first title, uh, first uh, major Raw championship, you know, women's championship, something like that, along those lines. Obviously, Rhea had been NXT champion, women's champion before, but kind of felt like, you know, you should sort of, when you get to the end of the match, you should sort of see the victory coming. It almost felt like this, there was a surprise ending to that match. It happened so quickly. So, I mean, it's a minor nitpick, I guess. But I felt like something about the end of that match didn't feel right. Oh, yeah. By the way, uh, since I'm talking about endings that didn't feel right, I do have to go back to the back of the uh, 
Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks match. For some reason, Michael Cole thought that Sasha Banks had kicked out. So I had to go back and watch the end of the match. And it's like, I don't, I didn't see a kick out. Am I the one that's wrong? Nope. Michael Cole, who seemingly should know the ending to the match already, he thought the match was not over. And I clearly knew that it was. So that was weird. Anyway, uh, back to Roman Reigns with Jey Uso and Paul Heyman. Defeated Edge and Daniel Bryant. Like I said, uh, Edge looked as good as he's looked. This is a comeback. He looked like the old Edge, and I'm not. I'm not just saying that to exaggerate. He legitimately looked like the old Edge, other than uh, at least in ring work. Honestly, he does. We've noticed over before. He does look kind of old. <laughs> but uh, as far as in ring work and his physical build, everything else, it looked. He looked like classic Edge. So, so props to him. So overall, uh, WrestleMania was a very, very. Uh, It was a great weekend of wrestling. It was a great Saturday and Sunday of wrestling, even though I technically watched most of it on Sunday and Monday. It was a great experience. Uh, they did a great job with it. So hats off to WWE. And it would be in, it being the first show back with live fans, uh, with a large crowd in over a year. They did a great job putting on the show. And um, you really didn't notice the NPCs. I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that most of it took place after dark anyway. Or maybe that's just when I was focused on the crowd. But they did a good job with sort of what they do with the NBA and these other events where there's no crowd. They just sort of tightly focus on the ring for the most part. And then when they do the zoom shots, most of the, the, the zoom back shots, it was dark. So you really, you wouldn't really notice the lack of Good to see WWE back at it. Hopefully, they can maintain this momentum and continue producing a great product. We did have a lot of title changes over the last week as far as WWE and NXT. So, let's see these uh, new superstars who are in the top spots hopefully manage to uh, do a great job with the momentum they've gotten here. Continue telling great stories, putting on some great matches. Very, very excited about that. Next, let's go ahead and... uh, move on to NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver. Uh, Side note, before I get into that, actually it's kind of weird that uh, I won't be talking almost no AEW this week. This is the first time I think I've made it to my show five days after Dynamite. I have not watched Dynamite yet. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not that I don't want to watch Dynamite. It's just the fact that when you have the equivalent of two two two-night pay-per-views over the course of the week since Dynamite happened. I have not had the time to get into it, but uh, I did see Mike Tyson showed up uh, on Dynamite. I didn't even know he was going to appear. I already know the result of what he ended up doing, at least to some degree, but I'm not going to discuss it yet. I haven't fully watched it. But anyway, I figured I'd give you that little detail there. But anyway. Oh, yeah, by the way, uh, Bad Bunny did train or about three or four months for his match in the show. Uh, Phoenix Celebrity is going to take place at WrestleMania. And matches, they need to do what he does. I don't, I don't need somebody just to come in and be famous and suck. Uh, put it in the work or stay out of the ring. You can show up and you announce something or do whatever other BS you want to do. But if you're going to be in a match, put it in the work, put in the effort and do it. Anyway, on. We got a... Uh, NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver was another two-night event. More great work 
obviously we always I always personally expect uh, uh, takeover to be great, and this was no exception. Uh, there was actually some um, kickoff matches or non-aired matches, or whatever. Zoe Stark defeated Tony Storm on night one. On night two, apparently Killian Dane and Drake Maverick defeated Rizango to receive a future uh, NXT Tag Team Championship uh, title match. Uh, but anyway, the actual stuff that aired, Pete Dunn uh, defeated Kushida. Obviously, telling the guys they're all around, they were going to have a good match, probably no matter what. Uh, Bronson Reed defeated Isaiah Swerve, Scott, Cameron Grimes, L.A. Knight, Dick Loomis, and Leon Ruff in a six-man gauntlet eliminator match. Winners receives the NXT North American Championship match. Walter defeated Tommaso Champ. I was not aware that match was even going to happen, so that was a nice sort of surprise uh, for me checking it out. Although, although since I ended up watching NXT Takeover over this weekend, <laughs> I saw this match after he'd already uh, won the match on NXT UK Prelude, so it was just very, very confusing to me. I was thinking, I was. I was thinking about it in my head the other way around, but I just realized literally now as I watch this that these matches, at least as far as the chronology of the WWE Universe, actually happened in that different order of what I watched. But that's neither here nor there. Anyway, Walter won both those matches, though. Uh, he also defeated Tommaso Ciampa. He defeated Rampage Brown on NXT uh, UK Prelude. He had a triple threat tag team match with a vacant NXT tag team championship. I was, I, I was not even aware that they had been vacated. I said that it's not that I wasn't aware. I forgot that uh, there was an injury vaca- uh, vacation of the uh, vacation. Vacating was the title, not a vacation. I was I had literally forgot about it. But uh, MSK, uh, formerly the Rascals in uh, Impact, minus uh, Trey Miguel, defeated Grizzly Young Veterans. James Drake and Zach Gibson, and Legado Del Fantasma, Raul Mendoza, and Joaquin Wild. So, uh, MSK already doing big things. They've already won the Dusty uh, Cup, as well as winning the uh, NXT Tag Team Championship. Raquel Gonzalez with Dakota Kai defeated Io Shirai to win the NXT Women's Championship. I was actually surprised about that. Io Shirai has had a great run as champion. Uh, she was voted uh, one of the best superstars of the last year, so having her lose the belt to Ra- Raquel Gonzalez was a big surprise to me. Uh, I was actually, I figured actually if anybody, I figured Dakota Kai would have defeated Io Shirai first, is the way they sort of pushed her. Or I thought alternatively, I thought Dakota Kai was actually going to turn on her if she had a chance to win it because they were taking partners. But Roddy, uh, Raquel Gonzalez was sort of the bodyguard, sort of second in command. So the fact that Raquel Gonzalez ended up defeating uh, Io Shirai was a big surprise to me. But uh, I guess you could call it a pleasant surprise because every now and again we get a when you get a belt changing hands, you're not you're not expecting it. It's always kind of nice. Next we'll get into night two of uh, NXT Takeover. Killian Dane, Killian Dane, and Break Maverick, like I mentioned earlier, defeated Breezango on the pregame show or non televised match, whatever you want to call it. Yet Santos Escobar, the interim NXT Cruiserweight champion, defeated 
Jordan Devlin, NXT Cruiserweight Champion. So he became the undisputed Cruiserweight Champion in a letter match. By the way, uh, this is what they should do. They should always have interim champions. People should not have to vacate their title. Just name interim champion like they do in the UFC. Sorry about that. Had a little bit of a cough there. I got I got to streak out now. But yeah, have an interim title like you do in UFC. And then when the original champion comes back, let them unify the title. The other thing that was ridiculous about this, however, is that I like the fact that they did it. Another thing that about it is that's ridiculous is literally the match before that is, you know, somebody trying to, uh, not, well, not the match before that. I take that back. I've seen that. Literally the night before, you had three teams compete for a vacant NXT Tag Team Championship. And now you have the interim champion for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. So that literally makes no sense. You're, you're, you're doing inconsistent stuff. So be consistent in that. If you're going to do it one way, do it the same way all the time. But I would much prefer they have interim champions. That way you still have belts, you know, not vacated. You have uh, people, you know, defending the belt. And then when you come back, when you're ready, you come back and get to sort of fight for your title again or merge your titles, however you want to say it. In a tag team match for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship, you had Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart defeated the Wave, had Maria and Hartwell. Uh, great work. Uh, you expect Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart, they're going to have great matches pretty much regardless. They, have, they are very, very, uh, Shotzi Blackheart is a, good, a great worker and very, very entertaining and exciting. Ember Moon's a great worker and uh, charismatic as well. So this is a wonderful tag team. Uh, as far as charisma, they're they're more charismatic than the actual WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. Uh, they're actually, I'd say, as a team, they're better workers as a team, probably too. Uh, Shayna Baszler sort of carries the work in as far as uh, the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. Nia Jax can do some good stuff, but she's inconsistent, like I mentioned earlier, and she has a tendency to hurt people. Anyway, uh, singles match for the NXT North American Championship. Johnny Gargano with Austin Street defeated Bronson Reed. Thick Boy uh, was not able to pull off the victory and win the, win the belt. So that's sad. Singles match for the NXT Championship. We had Karrion Cross with Scarlett defeated Finn Balor. So Karrion Cross is holding the goal once again. Uh, some grit. Always love Karrion Cross's opening and entrances. Scarlett does a great job with it as well. Uh, it's weird that as long as uh, Finn Balor held the NXT Championship, it, I always, I almost would forget that he had it because it seemed like he wasn't out that often. So it was very, very hard to remember that he held the belt. So. Last but not least, and this is another criticism I have for the show yet, yeah, Kyle O'Reilly. Defeated Adam Cole in a 40-minute match, which is, I believe, the longest match of both nights. Uh, just let me do a quick review. Yes, out of out of all the all the WrestleMania matches and the NXT Takeover matches, this was the longest match. And by the way, that's not my complaint. I'll get into my complaint in a second. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, every now and again, my train of thought screwed up, and I want to say something before I forget. But here's my complaint about the match, and it has nothing to do with the match. The match was great. 
you expect matter, matter of fact, match like was great. It was incredible. They did a great job of telling the story of these two former friends who one felt betrayed, the other one betrayed, uh, you know, taking violence to new extremes, using chains, kicking people with chains, threats of, you know, trying to snap necks and folding chairs and all kinds of other incredible stuff, pulling out toolboxes. Just an incredible level of violence was exactly what you expect in a, quote, unsanctioned match. <laughs> but it, it, here's my complaint. It's an unsanctioned match. But the match starts out with all this WWE security for an unsanctioned match. That's stupid. Why would you have WWE security at a unsanctioned match? They had, of course, they had a WWE referee, which is kind of dumb for an unsanctioned match. But but I'll I'll criticize that a little bit less. Uh, they didn't have him wear the traditional WWE uniform, even though we all know it's a WWE referee. And they did say the referees just there to sort of count the victory and whatnot, count it two or three counts. But here's the other ridiculous part to it. It's an unsanctioned match. It's a WWE referee. Why does he need an earpiece? See, this is the sort of stuff you notice when you're a long-term wrestling fan and, or you're in, had a I do have some limited experience in this. I went to wrestling school, although I, I was a wrestling school dropout. <laughs> uh, there's no reason for a ref to have an earpiece <laughs> if he's not a sanctioned referee. So that seems kind of silly and stupid. Who, who is going to contact him? <laughs> is some producer going to say we need to stop the match because he's hurt? That's literally why you have an unsanctioned match. So, uh, but, you know, those are, I guess, seemingly in the, in the grand things, I mean, those are seemingly minor criticisms for it. Such a great, great talent match. So shout out to uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole putting on a great show. Anyway, that concludes my discussion of these two major shows for uh, WWE for the last week. I won't get into too much of the talk of as far as the WWE Hall of Fame and all that other stuff. Uh, I did not watch all of that because I did not have time. But uh, it, it was definitely weird to have two two Hall of Fame. But that's the one that, that's the one event. That's the one. I guess you say plus side to having a two night WrestleMania because that way you guys sort of got to sort of split up the two WrestleMania, you know, little walkout call out things they do because they do usually let the Hall of Famers or the Hall of Famers to families uh, sort of have that moment on the night of WrestleMania. So since you had two classes due to not being able to do it last year in front of people, it was kind of nice that over two nights you were able to sort of split them up in that way. So, uh, Congratulations to all the new WWE Hall of Famers, both 2020 class and 2021 class. And now I'll talk a little bit of wrestling news before I get out of here. So, uh, I guess I'll start with a story that I actually wanted to get to last week, but since we, we had such a long show, we hadn't had a long show in quite some time. Uh, so I figured I'd, you know, save a few things for this week just in case I didn't have a co-host. And apparently I will not have a co-host this week. I did not, you know, I won't. I won't. I won't put the blame on the coast this week. It's probably my fault because, like I said, I usually we do a little bit of, since we don't uh, record live in the same way that we used to. We used to always do the show live at roughly the same time, whether it be four thirty time slot when we're on Wednesdays, five o'clock time slot when we're on Mondays. Now I do. Uh, I have a little bit more leeway since it's more of a podcast format than a directly live broadcast format. So I usually uh, put out the call a few minutes ahead of time and say, "Hey, we're going to be." start recording this time this week i didn't do that till 
right before the show started just because I had to finish WrestleMania up and we're probably recording say a good hour, hour and a half later than the ideal time. But anyway, uh let's let's get into some of this uh other wrestling news that you know I didn't have a chance to get to last week. Uh this is the one story from last week that I wanted to get to. Oh, actually, I said that there's two stories from last week that I wanted to get to. Uh, the first one is a WWE wrestler that's quietly retired. I want to take this excuse for this. Uh, Brian Kendrick is no longer a wrestler. Uh, the YouTube channel for WWE Performance Center actually did put out a video. The real he retired as an ring reformer. Uh, it sort of shows a lot of his work. He's a producer for 205 Live. Some other stuff, you know, mentions him being trained by Shawn Michaels and Rudy Boy Gonzalez. Uh, him going by the name Spanky, his time at the championship and some other things. So, uh, anyway, he's helped train a lot of different uh, wrestlers, including Eva Marie at his school in California. Apparently, his last match was October 28th on 205 Live, where he worked the tag team match. So, uh, uh, congratulations to him. Uh, I kind of feel like he was always sort of a little bit of an underrated guy, but I do like that he's sort of got that nice uh, run at the end in WWE. He did have a great tag team run with Paul London WWE earlier. Uh, he did have a sort of great run in his last heel run over the last couple of years in WWE, so hats off to Brian Kendrick for doing a great job for a long, long time. And he's at, I think he's at, I think he had two or three different believe he, he had he definitely had at least two runs in WWE. I think it was more like three though. But I, I can't remember off the top of my head. I think he had like sort of three Great job by him. He he really put in the work. He's a he's a wrestler for us right now. And it's good to see him, you know, sort of being able to pass on his knowledge to the next generation. Beyond just uh, the school that he did in. Uh fightful.com has this next article that I want to discuss from last week. Uh Ring of Honor has a home on Sinclair, but Sinclair is not, quote, a network per se. Clint Sinclair is a broadcaster that happens to own the company of Ring of Honor as well. They do, you know, there's there's also ways to sort of watch Ring of Honor show. You can watch it on uh, any Sinclair stations during the week. Uh, you can watch it on uh, Fight TV app, watch it on Ring of Honor's website. There's a bunch of different places to check it out, but there's no real one time slot unlike you know raw smackdown aw dynamite those shows where you or even mlw to you know or impact wrestling mlw even though technically there's a bunch of places to watch that although a lot of people don't have necessarily the national you know one net, national network where they can watch it it pretty much comes on at the same time every week so you know roughly when it's dropping and the different time zones the different markets Ring of Honor's programming is a little bit different as far as that goes. There's plenty of places to watch it, but you don't necessarily know where it's going to be. So their COO, uh, Joe Koff, revealed that Ring of Honor wasn't talked to have a single destination uh, night before COVID, but that fell through. So hopefully, you know, as we come out of this, they'll be able to sort of have a tent pole place where they can put the show. And don't get me wrong, I, w- I wouldn't mind you still be able to watch it a bunch of different places. But it would be nice if it sort of had a view like, you know, Dynamite or all these other shows where, you know, you can sort of watch it all in one place. Uh, in addition to that, he did also mention that uh, I see the ratings and audience figures of my competitor and others that have single destination locations. 
while we may not be as high in reach as those stations, we are surprisingly much higher than people give us credit for. There are probably three to 400,000, maybe sometimes 500,000 households that watch Ring of Honor every week. It's a big number. It's over different channels and over different nights, but there's real viewing going on. So uh, I think that's true. I have no reason to dispute it not being in. It would make a lot of sense as far as how the reach is. But I would definitely, you know, be more interested in seeing, you know, if they were all sort of debuting on one night, seeing what the direct comparison was. Because if you go by these numbers, it's much higher than uh, impact ratings on access. And it's, while it's not quite AEW or uh, or NXT, it, it's very, very close. Now, I don't know what Impact Wrestling's uh, overall viewership are when you include their app in addition to their uh, access ratings as well as whatever they might get on Twitch, et cetera. So I don't know if their numbers might be more in that 500,000 range after you include everything because the access number is generally in the neighborhood of 120 to 170,000, I believe. But again, that doesn't include Twitch. That doesn't include people who subscribe to the app. Because I watch on the app myself. I actually get subscribed to uh, Impact Plus just so I can have a simpler viewing experience and also get those uh, monthly pay-per-views that they do off of it as well. Anyway, moving on, we got a few more things I want to discuss before we get out of here. Uh, Chris Jericho uh, did uh, talk to Steve Austin in the Broken Skull Sessions. So the Forbidden Door was open even more uh, with uh, Tony Khan allowing Chris Jericho to appear on WWE Network. Uh, Jericho did mention, I never thought I'd work anywhere outside of WWE in the States. For example, after being there for 19 or so years. He did mention why he decided to take the step and go with AEW. And here are the reasons for that. What you need for that is you need three things. We're talking about it. Basically, he's talking about a new company starting a new promotion. Because he said, you know, he's heard big things. This person, that person, this company. Even when they have the money, even when they want to do it, there's you know, deterrence. This is why he said he took it seriously, though. What you need for that, you need three things. Finances and passion, that's one of the things. You know, I guess technically it's two things. But he considered that's one of the three things. You need a television contract, and you need talent. You need four to six guys you could build a territory around. Talking to Tony, he had the finances. He had the passion. And then we started sniffing around. We realized there was a group of guys whose contract were all coming up at the same time. Cody Rhodes. In addition to Cody Rhodes, you also got like guys like Young Bucks. You had uh, Kenny Omega and Jericho and Hangman Page. Is it, there's your six guys right there. You can start a company on that. Six just guys you can build around, and Jericho's got the name value. These other guys, Cody to an extent, but nobody had really heard of Young Bucks in the mainstream or Kenny or Hangman. So when you see those guys, you're like, where have these guys been? All three of those factors all came together in a perfect storm where we're like, we have a chance to really do something here. The contract with TNT was big because at first I think we were thinking maybe Showtime or HBO or Netflix, all these different ideas. But you have to have network TV get up around a TNT provided that. So anyway, if you do want to get the, all the details, you can actually see it on WWE Network or, you know, technically not WWE Network, WWE Network or Peacock, however you want to describe it. Although if you live uh, outside of the country, you can't watch it on WWE Network or technically there's other ways to watch it. Uh, 
get a VPN. Not that I'm advocating you do such a thing, but I've heard rumors of people doing that. They're watching you know, from VPN. Anyway, we do have a lot of fans in uh, other countries, so I do want to send a shout out to some of the other countries. Uh, don't get me wrong, if I don't, if I neglect to mention your country, it's not a slight. It's just these are the things that are sort of popping top of my head because uh, we've seen it from our Twitter account. Some of the information has been put out about where we're getting a lot of uh, positive feedback from. So shout out to our fans in India. Shout out to our fans in Nigeria, uh, UK. We're getting you know huge responses from some of those markets. So uh, thank you for listening all over the world and all over the country, but especially thank you for those places I mentioned today. I want to give you a little extra special pops. We're, we're number one in some of those markets. And when I say number one, our network being number one, we're getting more uh, views and listen than people like Jericho, people like you know, Eric Bischoff, people like uh, Ruth Pritchard. So it's wonderful. Moving on. Now that we're just sort of done petting ourselves in the neck just a little bit. Uh, now we're, we're going to get into a problem section. <laughs> in fact, this is where the wrestling with, quote, problems, where you have the wrestling, you have the problem, and you also have the too many black guys. Unfortunately, I'm not using my uh, traditional board. You don't have that board anymore. I guess I could go over there and use it, but I'm not going to. But this is the too many black guys section as well. Usually we haven't we, we haven't really done that in a while, but uh, we got to pl- complain about some black stuff right now. WWE uses wrong footage for Duffo Johnson's Hall of Fame induction. I want to thank uh, Ian Carey of SC Scoops for this. Uh, we mentioned on this show a couple months ago, Ethel Johnson and Marva Scott and uh, Babs Wingo. They were African-American female trailblazers from the wrestling world. Unfortunately, uh, they used footage of a wrestler by the name of Cindy Parker, who not only was not one of the three sisters, or I guess technically she's a sister, but she's not one of those sisters. Uh, she came from about 15 years later. Uh, the, the niece of Ethel tweeted from her uh, Twitter account at Miss E D Renee. I'm not sure how to pronounce it exactly. That's why I sort of sounded out, spelled it out. But uh, the footage of Ethel Johnson, they show it's not of Ethel Johnson, it was of Sandy Parker, who was an African-American woman, wrestling him along probably, I'm going to say 15 years later. And that's from uh, Dave Meltzer uh, on his uh, Wrestling Observer Radio. And on top of it, make it worse, they look nothing alike. Other than, you know, being black. <laughs> so with WWE, with your problematic history, it's wonderful that you put her in the legacy wing of WWE's Hall of Fame, but using the incorrect footage, it's like one step forward, two steps back. Or maybe, maybe this is just one step forward, one step back, I don't know. But that is our problem and our complaint in our too many black eyes. WWE, get yourself together and apologize. Moving on. Uh, WWE is actually doing documentaries on some of their super fans. Uh, the first uh, 
Superman will be the story of Vladimir. So uh, shout out to Vladimir Abuzidi, I believe is his name. Apologies if I mispronounce it. But uh, Triple H announced from Mr. Twitter account. Uh, he's the first officially certified Superman. And again, his uh, documentary will be coming to the WWE Network. If you're if you're familiar with uh, Madison Square Garden wrestling, he's uh, he was a staple there. And in addition to being a staple there, he traveled a lot of different places and catch shows at different different other places. So uh, if you want to see something a little bit different from WWE Network, that is something to check out. Paul Heyman's contract is uh, coming due very very soon, so it's believed that it'll return. It makes sense for both sides to return. Although the weird thing I heard a few years ago was the fact that he can only make fifty thousand a year, so if he makes more than fifty thousand a year, uh, that money goes to some of his creditors. So I don't know if that's still a thing or if that sort of expired a few years ago. But if he can only make fifty thousand without the money going to his creditors, that would make the negotiations very, very easy, I would think. Uh, Tony Khan did mention. On uh, why he approved Jericho going to Broken Process with Steve Austin. Basically, came down to one, he trusts Steve Austin. Two, he felt like he trusts Jericho. And three, why not have uh, AEW's product being discussed in front of WWE fans? This makes perfect sense. You know? so I agree with everything he said. You know, there's no reason to cut off your nose to bite your face. Basically, you get free advertising for AEW. And on top of it, you know, you get exposed to all their fans who might not uh, be as aware or might not be paying attention to it again. All the, as much as you would like to think that internet wrestling fans all sort of pay attention to both products, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying there's not you believe that maybe there are some WWE fans who only watch AEW and some AEW fans who WWE. There's probably a good amount of WWE fans that could be coaxed to watch if they have the right reason. It makes sense. Whenever you have a chance to have your product exposed to different marks and different people, it makes sense to do it. Before I get out of here, last thing we'll discuss, uh, this is a Jake Jeremy article. Let's see this uh, Real Life Spray challenges the CM Punk to compete for the IWGP World Heavyweight title. That's right. The world champion has called out CM Punk. So, uh, of course, I'm sure a lot of fans would like to see uh, CM Punk come back to the ring. We always, uh, I, until CM Punk officially says uh, I'm retired, and of course, it's sort of, unfortunately, hopefully, you know, years and years from now, if it does not pass away, obviously, wrestling, wrestling, we don't consider ever retired. We consider, we consider them dead, that's it. Wrestlers retired occasionally, but there's always one more match if the paycheck is big. Or, until the phone stops ringing, like Chris Best likes to say. So I would like to see this, but you know I'm not holding my breath for it. Uh, of course, CM Punk did discuss Will Ospreay, and here's the quote for people I haven't I haven't ever wrestled before. I think Will Ospreay, he noted, uh, I will listen to your idea, but there's like there's a lot of moving parts, but I'm busy doing other stuff, and nobody I think has found the right combination of ways to approach me. Punk continue. It's not all up to me, ladies and gentlemen. It's up to the people who actually run the company. So, uh, uh, by the way, this this is not in response. Just so you're clear, this is not a response to Will Osprey's challenge. This is the comment he made about 
year ago, uh, a little bit over a year ago, when he was on a swing and misses radio show back in March 2020. So I don't want people to think that he was responding to the Los Angeles challenge. He actually said the people he didn't want to, he had faith that that's what he wanted. Anyway, you've been listening to us. Pop, I'm Pete David Lane again. Like me on pretty much every social platform. I'd like to as well as Pete David Comedy, of course. Also, check out Disposable Improv and BLC Nation as well. This has been Wrestling with Pop. Phil After has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, talking here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill After's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my... Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's, uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect is? Well, I'll is? tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found the true world champion. I finally found... What's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think... Uh, I don't know what to say, but I, I want to say one thing. Uh, Bruno was a hell of a champion. Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. This is Bill Apter, and once again, we're speaking here with... Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiants? Well, actually, it, it was uh, uh, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a did loss. Did didn't have anything to do with this? Well, yes, but the whole thing is this, that the rules, as I always understood them, was that you, the title could only be lost by pin or, or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history.